And hello, Jets fans. How are we feeling today? The New York Jets getting their fourth victory of the season despite all of the obstacles facing them. A roster depleted with COVID-19 and with injuries, but the Jets somehow managed to pull a win. And it was funny because I did my airing of grievances on Friday, and I just was like, look, the Jets are going to be shorthanded in this game. We have to give them a bit of a break because they're going to go in incredibly shorthanded. But I said, you want to come out of that game with Zach Wilson playing well, with Zach Wilson having a great game, and you got that, and you got the win on top of it. There's so much to get into today. I'm starting a little bit early for you guys today. I know we scheduled this for 1030, but we're going to start a little bit early today. I know there's a lot of feelings in Jets Nation, some of them not good. And obviously, we'll get to that about the draft position with the win and how that impacts where the Jets are drafting, all that and much more. And I know that there's a lot to talk about there. And there's so much to talk about this impressive victory, a player that the Jets need to extend as soon as possible. And of course, the Jets winning with an interim head coach and a roster once again depleted with injuries and COVID-19. However, we start where we always start with, which is the key storyline of 2021, and that is Mr. Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson, I hate to tell the announced team, because once again, it's very difficult announcing. I've done play-by-play -play before. I understand. It's very difficult. You have to do a lot of research. But my favorite was them saying that the run by Zach Wilson was his signature moment, and it's one of them. But I would say the Titans was probably his first signature moment in the NFL. But Zach Wilson with his best game of the season. And it's a funny stat line for Zach Wilson because 14 of 22 for 102 passing yards. And initially when you read that, you go, that's ah, not so great. But then when you look what he did, 91 rushing yards, a Jets record for not only rushing, but set the Jets record for longest touchdown run by a quarterback with 52 yards on that scamper in the first quarter. Zach Wilson combining for over 200 yards, one pass touchdown, one rush touchdown. More impressively, despite... All the factors were against him. The Jets only really punted once and were in the red zone every possession of this game. And more incredible to me is one of the biggest things for Zach Wilson, I said during this, and when he came back from the injuries, I wanted to see growth. I wanted to see improvement. And are there still some gimme throws that he misses? Yes. But to me, it's mechanical things. He can work on the offseason. It's really about getting comfortable in this offense. And we've seen the accuracy get better and better every week. It's obviously not perfect, but it's getting better. But the big criticism that a lot of Jet fans had, and I understood, was the turnovers. And you look, Zach Wilson, last three games, one turnover. And it was a fumble where he got blitzed from the blind side and basically no interceptions. And looking back the last five games, he's only had two turnovers. So he's done a very good job of holding on to the football, protecting the football, and again, the Jets and people won't, might criticize Wilson and say, well, he's not putting up 300 yards a game with this offense. He's not, you know, putting up the gaudy numbers. But you also have to understand, too, like people who said, well, Josh Johnson, Joe Flacco, Mike White. But they also had the advantage of this roster being healthy when they did that. I mean, Zach Wilson yesterday, for context, and this is one of the big things that I think we have to talk about with Wilson is I want you to think about what happened with the Jets yesterday. To start the game, he was missing his two starting guards and the Jets' best offensive lineman, Elijah Vera Tucker. Throughout that game, he missed significant snaps from 
Morgan Moses, who went down, but luckily came back. At the end of the game, Connor McGovern was injured. I mean, you look at the interior deep in offensive line. It was Williams, Feeney. It was basically a hodgepodge in the middle of that offensive line yesterday. And I get it. Jacksonville's in a great defense, but they have professional players. And also with Jacksonville, too, you have to understand, like, the Jets. And this was one thing that I was really getting annoyed with the announce team yesterday is when they kept saying, oh, both teams have been decimated by COVID. Um, the Jaguars were missing three players because of COVID. The Jets were missing... 12 significant players and 20 on the entire roster, including the practice squad. And oh, by the way, their head coach wasn't there. I mean, the Jaguars head coach to start the season wasn't there either, but we know that for other significant reasons. But again, guys, if you're new to the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button in the corner. Love talking to you guys. Happy to be here again and would love to hear your thoughts about this game. And uh, it was a really impressive game. And to me, Zach Wilson outplayed Trevor Lawrence and, I know the stat line in the passing game, Lawrence, a little bit better completion percentage. But again, Lawrence looked lost in this game. Lawrence didn't throw a touchdown. Lawrence had that weird play where he fumbled on the two and somehow an offensive lineman picked it up and scored in the end zone. I mean, you're never going to see that play probably again. And of course, it happened against the Jets. And then he took the sack and CJ Mosley, which... You want to see progression. Zach Wilson in a similar situation when the Jets were on the goal line late in the game. Felt that pressure, stood up in the pocket, and did take a sack, but only lost a yard on the play, which set up for the fake field goal attempt, which I didn't mind the Jets going for on fourth down, but that one annoyed me of all of them because I was saying, look, in this situation, if you're going to go for it on fourth down, put it in the offensive hands and give it to Zach Wilson. Give Zach Wilson an opportunity and let him have an opportunity to grow there. But you saw that situational awareness where Wilson stepped up and Wilson's getting better where you're seeing – you used to see him really run around and run backwards. I mean, Lawrence yesterday ran almost 20 yards backwards and was strip-sacked. And, of course, the Jets didn't really get anything out of it. But, again, you're seeing a guy who also, with Trevor Lawrence, you saw a guy yesterday where the Jets, if they did not blitz, they were getting zero pressure. And it was amazing because there were times where Lawrence was like, it almost looked like backyard football. It was like five, six, seven Mississippi were just waiting. And he's never in his life going to have that much time again. Because, I mean, the Jets' defensive line yesterday was Bryce Huff, the starters were Nathan Shepard was starting a defensive tackle for the New York Jets yesterday. Think about that. The New York Jets were starting. I mean, when they went through the starting defense, like I feel like most of you, you were probably like Wikipedia, like who the Jets starters were on the defense because you didn't even recognize. You're like, there's a safety out there with the number one. Like who, who's that guy? I don't even. Did we have a guy on the roster that was the number one? Like this is. Uh, this is news to me. I mean, I'm just looking at their starting line. They had Nathan Shepard in the lineup and Shaq Lawson. So basically, they had one start from opening day. The linebacking core, Quincy Williams and C.J. Mosley. But the secondary, they had Panak playing safety and Will Parks playing safety. And I have to give Panak a lot of credit. I thought Panak had a very, very good game, and he really played well. And again, Nick Shaplin brings up the chat. Zach Wilson missing his best three receivers. Various balled out. He was the best player we can compare him to Wayne Corbett I think that's a good comparison but Wilson like it's not just the receivers he was out his number one number two number three receivers I mean 
he was without yesterday going into the game. Becton is starting left tackle. Elijah Vert Tucker, his starting left guard. And then even the backups. You looked at the situation where the Jets at one point didn't have Kyle McGovern. I mean, at one point, I believe the Jets had, when Moses went out, the most they had was like two starters from opening day yesterday. And then, of course, Moses come back, and you hope McGovern's okay because um, that would be a big blow because like he's been a solid center this year. But again, Zach Wilson without his number one tight end, top three receivers. And to me, that was the biggest problem with the Jets yesterday was, and why I think you're going to see him go heavy after playmakers. Like people are going to kill Wilson for not doing better in the red zone. But again, in the red zone, what it comes down to because of the tight spaces, you need guys to create separation and you need guys that can win a matchup. And the Jets don't have that right now. I mean, you look McDermott with the great touchdown catch. But that was because the Jets realized that they had to do that because they don't have a receiver. Like Denzel Mims, you were thinking, maybe a jump ball in the situation. But the way he's been playing in in the first half, for example, like Denzel Mims, like he is the biggest head scratcher in the world because you look on that play where Wilson tried to force the throw to him in the back of the end zone. Even if Mims catches that, he ran out of the back of the end zone so it wouldn't have counted. So Mims, I don't get what the heck he's doing. It, like Jeff Smith too, like he gets an opportunity. Wilson puts an absolutely perfect ball on him in stride, first down and more, and he drops it. And it's like people, and I, and like my favorite is the Zach Wilson detractors today will be like, well, he only threw for 101 yards. He also threw for 64%, had a rushing touchdown, passing touchdown, no turnovers. And oh, by the way, he had the highest QBR of any quarterback yesterday. I mean, now, of course, that's a little bit skewed because I do believe Joe Burrow had an incredible day yesterday. But again, when you look at what he's working with, and if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm working on an extension with Braxton Berrios right now because Berrios, the Jets have made this mistake in the past where they didn't bring back Andre Roberts. But here's the difference. Braxton Berrios can be your slot player next year. You can move him around. You can use him on jet sleeps. He's a good gadget guy. He's a good locker room guy. This is an opportunity. And again, I was getting frustrating too because I want to see more Braxton Berrios in the offense yesterday becomes Mims isn't going to give you anything. Jeff Smith isn't going to give you anything. I mean, actually the Jets, like you look yesterday, like Keelan Cole didn't give them much. Like it was just amazing yesterday. Like, and I give Joe Douglas a lot of credit because he added all this depth to the wide receiver room. And it still was like, decimated yesterday and you look like trevor lawrence like look jacksonville is not a good football team but jacksonville had their offensive line attack yesterday it's not great but at least it's intact he had marvin jones who's would clearly be the best receiver on the jets yesterday and even if you brought him in probably would be the third receiver on the jets and would be a valuable piece i mean i know james robinson got hurt early for the jaguars but again, like you look at the Jets yesterday, like he was missing. Like, I'll, the biggest play that stuck out to me was the Tavon Austin miss, where basically Tavon Austin ran across the field, had him wide open in the end zone, and Lawrence just held the ball, held the ball, held the ball, and threw it late. And Lawrence was just missing wide open guys yesterday because, again, a lot of these Jets corners, A, aren't great, B, 
they had zero pass rush us. I mean, it was embarrassing, like to the point where you knew the Jets, if they did not blitz, and it got to the point where it was like, just blitz every play because you cannot win with a four man rush. Like, it was amazing because the Jets just could not get a push yesterday. And I get it. These, I mean, Sheldon Rankins had a couple good pushes, Bryce Huff you know, is a good situational pass rusher. But again, like you're asking Nathan Shepard, Shaq Lawson, you're asking a couple of these guys that at this point in their careers are the best backups, probably maybe even practice squad players get. It it was just amazing. And uh, Joe Champion Lawrence is going to be phenomenal. Like, I hope so. Like, that's the thing too with Lawrence is people talk about, like I kept hearing this, the last couple weeks and it was driving me nuts, which is the jets have broken Zach Wilson. And I'm like, okay, timeout. Zach Wilson is not broken. Zach Wilson again. And I, and this is something I did not bring up and I apologize for you guys for not bringing this up. But one thing really stuck out to me yesterday and the run was a great thing, not just because it was an amazing play, but it tells me, that he's finally healthy and he's confident on his knee. And we started to see that come through a bit in the Miami game with the great scramble on third down, which is one of the best aspects of Wilson's game, and we haven't seen it a lot this year, has been his ability to run. Now, again, he even said in the press conference, they're not designing runs for him. They don't want him to necessarily run but if he has an opening and can take it it adds an element to this offense where if this defense is going to play man and basically not respect his ability to rush and they rush freely and a hole opens up he can take off and make a great play and i just feel like he is really starting to get healthier and confident And you saw it yesterday with the rushing ability. And again, Jacksonville, with their secondary, because the Jets can't separate, were with the guys. So Wilson made some plays with his legs, and I thought he made some good decisions. He went through his progressions. Nothing was open. He took off with his legs. Um, But again, you look at Lawrence. I mean, looks uncomfortable, missing wide open throws. I mean, people were killing Zach Wilson for his accuracy. I mean, we're talking about guys that are way open down the field. And again, like the Jets, the Jaguars had a lot of big drops in this game. They had some killer drops. But again, you look at a he just looks incredibly uncomfortable. Like you saw that situation at the end of the game where they had the illegal formation. There was a lot of miscommunication, did didn't look comfortable getting that playoff, and it was just kind of a broken play. And again, with Lawrence, you just feel bad because right now it's just going to be a mess and you just hope that they can get the right coach for him because Lawrence and and Fields are going to be at a disadvantage next year as opposed to Wilson because Wilson's going to have the same coaching staff. Wilson's going to have the same offense. He can go into year two, understanding the offenses, they can add more nuances to, they can continue to grow on the game plan they can continue to develop the offense where Justin Fields is going to have a new coach. He's going to have to learn a whole new system. Trevor Lawrence is likely going to have a new Trevor Lawrence is going to have a new coach. He's going to have to learn a new system. Still likely not going to have a lot of playmakers. And 
it's just a situation where, like, look, I think Wilson, you came out of that game yesterday feeling Wilson played better than Lawrence. But I also will say this, like, think about this. The Jets had an interim head coach and were missing 20 players on COVID, were without their three top receivers, without their basically missing half their offensive line, especially the starters. And you came out of that game feeling better about Wilson, where he's going in his future and what he can bring to this organization than you feel about Trevor Lawrence with the Jaguars. And he's in a more stable situation because, again, you might not like Robert Sala. You might not think he's the great long-term answer. But, again, the Jets at least are going to have consistency, and they're not going to do what they did with Sam Darnold, which was after his rookie year, a new coaching staff, a whole new offense. It's tough. Like It's it's hard enough for these guys to learn the offense that they're in right now. And now on top of that, it's like, okay, now we're going to have a new offense again. So um, lots of questions in the chat. Remember, guys, if you're new to the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe. Uh, love to answer your questions. Mims' play is a head scratcher, and Jeff Smith is not an NFL receiver. Yeah, I, I agree. Lawrence looked like garbage yesterday. He may be serviceable. I, I think Lawrence is a guy who, like, again, he has all the talent in the world. You can see the talent there. You can see the athleticism. You can see the arm. I mean, he had a great throw along the sideline yesterday. But, again, it comes down to coaching in the situation for him. So if the Jaguars fumble this again, he's not going to be able to overcome that. Um, Wilson going to be our franchise quarterback. Um, but I like I I really like what Wilson's doing. And again, I know the stats aren't sexy. I know it's not a 300 yard game. But again, we're talking about a kid that we were complaining about the turnovers. He's had one turnover in the last three weeks, and again, it was on a fumble where he was blindsided because his left tackle can't make a block. And again, like, do you think about this yesterday? If I was to ask the Jets, like, who their biggest weapons were. Number one would be Braxton Berrios and Michael Carter. Third would probably be McDermott as a tight end yesterday. I mean, that's how bad and depleted the Jets' offense was of weapons yesterday. And again, like, this was with an interim head coach. This is with guys that you weren't even sure were going to play in this game. I think Zach outplayed Trevor. I agree with that, Justin Jets, all day long. Like, again, like, Jacksonville got better pressure because they have their starters. They have... The Jets' offensive line was decimated yesterday. And again, it, it's one thing to have injuries on the offensive line. If you, It's really about cohesion. And the Jets didn't have any cohesion because Moses got injured, came back in. McGovern was out. I mean, Williams checked in. I mean, he had the critical jump on the goal line. But again, he I don't think the Jets in their wildest dream thought he would be going to be playing in this game. Um Wilson, the best quarterback that came out of the draft. Like, I think he's got one of the higher ceilings. It's still early, but again, I like what he sees. Um, Davis Mills has been the best. Like, I'll tell you this, like Davis Mills, um, that's been something. I mean, I think he's played well above like what people expected. I did like him coming out of the draft. I thought he was a very good quarterback. Like, in some ways, I thought he was a lot like Mac Jones. Like, I thought he would be a solid quarterback, but it's also a situation too, where I think the Texans, cause they're so bad. They just, they're just letting him play. Like there's no pressure on him because basically the, the Texans are a mess. They don't have anyone in the stand. So it's basically just go out and play and have fun. That's going to be a really interesting decision. Cause I don't think Deshaun Watson will be back. I have a feeling that he's going to be held accountable this off season. We'll see. There's so much with that situation, but it's going to be fascinating because the Texans are going to have a top 
three pick probably or top four pick. I mean, do they go? Do they get a quarterback in the draft? That's going to be a big question. That's going to really be a big impact in the draft. Uh, I Mills has played very well. Um, Joe Cambion. I don't know if he saw this last week. I was talking about this. I'm extending fan. He's the only going to get better. I really like fan again, young tackle, very athletic. Um, I would keep him around, especially not only because he's a great tackle, but again, with the injury history of Mackay Becton, in some ways I would feel more comfortable with fan at left tackle because I know what I'm going to get and put Becton at right tackle. And I've been on the basically, if you are new to the channel, check out the mock drafts I do. I do full mock drafts. Like I have the Jets going offensive line in the first round, especially tackles, because I don't trust the position uh, with Becton. It, it, just because of his health. He can't stay healthy. But again, Fant, big contract number two. I think the Jets are going to rework that contract. Um, I know like some people are like, oh, they're going to cut Fant. No, they're not. They're not going to cut Fant. Douglas likes him. Douglas brought him in. He's played really well. I think they're going to redo the contract, maybe add more years, but lower the cap hit to help with the salary cap situation. Wilson needs more RPOs to shine. His escapism is great and needs more of his natural instinct place to reach the next level. We have our franchise QB. Yeah, like I want to see a little bit more RPOs, but again, I think a lot of it, why you haven't seen it is because he was coming back from the knee injury that the Jets are trying to protect him. But again, like I, I think RPOs are a good option. Plus you do like RPO options. You can do the, uh, which will help. Uh, with some action there too. And the Jets can, and we, the Jets can run very, because they do the fakes jet sweeps a lot with Barrios coming across. I mean, you can almost do like a triple option basically where if the ball snapped, you have the receiver coming to you. Like Wilson can either hand off to the receiver, hand off to the running back or take it himself. So I would like to see that a little bit over the next few games. I mean, one thing you cannot say about LaFleur is he has not been creative. And I do think he will try to be creative. Uh, did you see Mosley miss the interception the next play? The ball came right to his spread as he dropped it. I was shocked. I mean, Mosley had a great game with the forced fumble. And again, he's been an interesting case with the Jets because a lot of Jet fans, I feel like they like Mosley. They don't love Mosley. Like he's been solid. But again, like some people are saying, like, oh, they're going to move on from at the end of the season. But to me, they they can't because of the contract. They can't cut him because it's basically all dead cap money. So it doesn't make sense. Like if you're going to pay him, it'll be interesting to see if the judge try to rework the contract to try to open it up a little bit and give them a little bit more flexibility. But again, the way the Jets might look at it is saying like, look, it's a bad hit next year, but we need linebackers. It's a hole we don't have to address. And then if we see a decline or we see struggling, then we can move on after the season. But again, Mosley, I thought I had a great game, uh, you know, and you can tell he's that team's defensive leader. He's their captain. Uh, I was a little disappointed. I thought Quincy Williams had a solid game. I was really hoping to see some sacks from him, and I was getting a little disappointed too because I get that they were struggling in the secondary, but, like, I saw a lot of the blitzes, and they were creative, but I would have liked to see more Quincy Williams blitzes just because he's so fast off the edge, and he's just so explosive. And I was kind of hoping to see a big play from him in this game, the revenge game for Quincy Williams. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. But um, again, you come out of this game feeling good. And like, that's the biggest thing with this Jet team over the last couple games is you want to feel good going into next season. And again, I mean, I was saying this too, like for Jet fans concerned about the draft position, I'll go more in depth in a minute about it. Um, 
I was saying, like, look, this is going to be the Jets' last win of the season because Tampa Bay is basically fighting for the number one seed. They're going to come all out next week. And then Buffalo, to me, was the caveat because Buffalo, to me, like, if the Patriots had won and wrapped up the division this weekend, I could have seen Buffalo sitting starters, especially with the COVID spread, just to protect guys for the playoffs. But now the Bills with that win, I just feel like the Patriots, the only way is like if the Patriots lose next week and the Bills win, I don't see the Patriots losing next week. Maybe the Bills sit starters and the Jets can win their fifth game in Buffalo. But I just have a feeling that the Bills are going to be playing for a playoff for home field and playing um, week 18. So again, I think that's going to be an interesting situation for them. But again, I thought that that could maybe be a game where the Jets can make a round. But so this is going to be the, to me, the Jets last one. You enjoy it. And look, my big thing was when Wilson came back, am I seeing growth? And I understand the stats aren't great. And people are going to look at the box score and saying, oh, he's not, he's not playing great. He, you look at the throws and you look at the completion percentage and the yards. But again, like he had over 90 yards rushing yesterday. And also the ground game was working and you saw yesterday like if the jets could get had if the jets had like this was my feeling watching that game if the jets had half the roster that was missing because of covid yesterday not only would they have won but i thought it would have been a convincing win they couldn't williams play on a defensive line to give the jets an additional pass rusher if somehow the jets had either elijah moore or Corey davis if they had one or two more pieces, like it just felt like the offense just didn't have a guy that could make a play because the Jets didn't have their top playmakers. Like even Crowder, you felt like around the goal line, he could at least make open or sneak open in some capacity. It just was those things like on the defense, especially like if the Jets had like Quinn and Williams yesterday or John, one of the two just to help with the pass rush, you felt like not only this game, not close, but it, they might have won by two scores. Like that's just the way I was feeling about that. Um, but uh, Nick Chaplin, we are not, not being the Bucks. Yeah, it's not happening. This is it for wins unless a miracle happens. Like again, Nick, the only way I see a miracle happens is if the Bills somehow have wrapped up the AFC East. They've clinched it. Like they've clinched that playoff spot. They know they're seeding. A win or loss doesn't really impact them going up because they're not going to get the number one seed. Um, barring something crazy. And basically the Bills decide that they're going to sit players, use that as a buy, get their players healthier. But again, an, this week 18 is going to be fascinating because not only do I think teams are going to be cautious because, again, only one team gets a buy now and they're going to try to rest players because it's the longest season now in NFL history. So I do think that's going to play into factor. But I could see teams also now with the way COVID has been spreading and has been hitting teams – that basically they could potentially be like isolating the quarterback, isolating some of the key players just to make sure that they clear the protocols and are good to go for the playoffs. So that's something that could play into it. But again, uh, I thought Zach Wilson played great. I've seen a lot of growth. And again, like people are saying, well, the touchdowns aren't there. Well, the rushing touchdowns have been there. I mean, you look right now, Zach Wilson's now top, sorry, Zach Wilson's top five in rushing TDs for quarterbacks this year. So you look right now like he's been running the football effectively. And again, he doesn't have guys that can separate. He doesn't have a tight end that can win a one-on-one matchup in the red zone right now. I mean, he, the only guy 
ironically, who could help is probably Denzel Mims just because they could do a throw up in the end zone, let Denzel Mims go get it. But unfortunately right now, because Mims can't run a route in the end zone without running out of it or running a play without creating a penalty or even better lining up in the right spot, God forbid the, the jets trust him. I mean, think about they're trusting Jeff Smith over Denzel Mims right now, which is not good. But again, guys, thank you for joining us. If you're new to the channel, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Of course, the chat is always open. Make sure to put your comments in again. Like going into the draft, I know that this was a hot topic yesterday. Going on Jets Twitter afterwards, and again, like to follow us. We are on Twitter as well, using the handle at Rich Sports Talk. That's at Rich Sports Talk. A lot of fun tweets, especially after the Seattle loss. Which again, Jet fans. And I can understand why not thrilled about their draft position in the um, at the number four spot. But with Seattle yesterday, not only losing, but with the strengths of schedule shifting. Now the Jets have the sixth pick in the draft. Panthers lose again. Sam Darnold looks bad. So not only are the Jets draft picks getting better from the other teams, but again, the Panthers now the Jets have two picks in the second round that are going to be in the top below the 40 they're going to be in like the 30s which are valuable because they're you're going to get two starters there or the jets can use one of those picks to go up and i I really could see this happening the jets having three first round picks is the jets patching packaging a two packaging one of their multiple fourth round picks maybe even adding a player and adding an extra pick for the next year's draft to jump back into the first round and get a guy that has fallen, like maybe get a top 15 player that's fallen to 25. So again, Nick Chaplin, uh, I think this is perfect. Nick, a lot of people were upset that the jets won. They know that they're not getting the number one pick in the draft. I want wins. And again, like I'm going to go off a little bit here, just on a little bit of a tangent. Um, and talk about how I feel about this. This is a unique circumstance where I think last year has really thrown a wrench into how fans think and how we view the draft. And I'll get to last year in a second. But for the New York Jets, I've said this last week, and I'll say this again. Draft picks, once again, they're lottery picks. And I do think that it doesn't matter where you're picking the draft. You need your general manager to handle that. And I do feel better about Joe Douglas after the 2021 draft. And there's still going to be very good players in the top five where the Jets are going to have a pick. They're going to have at least one top five. That's To me, that's not going to change. And what's also valuable about that pick is if there's a quarterback or a player that a team really wants, like Kyle Hamilton, someone's dying to have Kyle Hamilton, Jets could get even more draft picks and move back a couple slots, still get a great player, but then also get additional players to help fill out this roster. My big thing is people are saying, well, the Jets lost out on a generational pass rusher at the top with Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson. Again, a lot can happen over the next two weeks, but it doesn't look like the Jets are going to get in the top two. I don't think it's set in stone that they're both going to go in the top two. Again, I do think one's going to go number one. So many weird things have happened. Does Evan Neal go to a team that's trying to protect a young quarterback? Does the team get desperate and trade a haul to get up and get a quarterback in the top three? So a lot can happen in terms of these players going one, two. But hypothetically, let's say they go one and two. People keep telling me, well, they're generational talents. They're generational pass rushers. So let's look back at history a little bit, okay? 
the Bosa brothers, absolutely dominant defensive linemen, great pass rushers. But their franchises didn't take off and get going until Jimmy Garoppolo got to San Francisco, until Justin Herbert got to Los Angeles. Even I think last night's a great example, too. If you went to Washington and said, you could have this generational pass rusher in Chase Young, who unfortunately was injured this year, but has been an incredible player. He really has been. You can tell he's going to be an elite defensive player for the next 10 to 15 years and dominate that division. If you were to tell them you could redo that pick and get a franchise quarterback at the number one pick, they would change it in a heartbeat. Because you saw it last night. Washington, they're a good team. They have a good roster. They have playmakers. They have running backs. They have pretty good defensive line. But you saw it last night. They don't have a franchise quarterback. And they got embarrassed. You look at the state of the New York Giants right now. They don't have a franchise quarterback, even though they're bringing Daniel Jones back for another year. So we talk about these incredible pass rushers to these teams. But two of them lucked out because they were able to find a quarterback. To me, the Jets, it's more important to make sure you have a quarterback than generational pass rush. And I said this a couple weeks ago, and I talked about it in my mock draft, which is if the Jets next year have a top five defense or top 10 defense and that young generational pass rusher is getting 12 sacks a year, great. But if the team's got five wins because Zach Wilson isn't playing well and because this this team isn't playing well, it doesn't matter. And I've also said, too, that I do think this draft is still going to be finding weapons for Zach Wilson, finding offensive linemen for Zach Wilson, because, again, Robert Sal and Joe Douglas's career is going to be based on how this young quarterback plays. Even next year, if the Jets are an 8-9 and nine football team, but Zach Wilson looks like a top-10 quarterback, and the Jets look like they're knocking on the doorstep and they were playing competitive football till the end of the season – You'd feel a lot better than if this defense all of a sudden looked like a top unit, but you weren't sure about the quarterback. So, and KD, I love this generation of buzzword in football. I wish never existed. I, I get that too. I mean, it it is something, but that's the way people have been scrambling. And look, I love Aiden Hutchinson. I believe he's going to be an unbelievable football player. But again, I also don't think that these two guys are the Bosa brothers, and I don't think that they're Chase Young. I mean, those guys were different. Those guys were, were guys that you rarely see, where you see the size, the athleticism. And again, Hutchinson, I think, is going to be an unbelievable player. I think Thibodeau, if he can stay healthy, can be an unbelievable player. But again, when I see people saying they want this team to tank for the first pick, to get the number one pick, I you want to build a culture and you saw in the locker room yesterday in this team one how excited they were how happy they were how stagged they were to win one for Robert Sal that couldn't be there I mean you need to build a healthy locker room and for this organization you need to build a reputation that you are building it the right way you have a good locker room and that you're not a sideshow and I think that the Jets for the most part have done that it's very hard to change the culture but I do think the Jets are starting to change the culture and I know teams still perceive the Jets as a bit of a laughing stock, but again, the Jets have doubled their win total from last year from a team that probably shouldn't have won a game last year, and they won a game today where they were missing basically half their roster to injury and COVID. I mean, it's just crazy. But what I will also say about the draft, too, is 
everyone's like talking like, oh, we need a tank, we need a tank, we need a tank. Last year was a completely unique circumstance because, again, we were talking about the most touted quarterback prospect in 10 years, a quarterback who people were well-known. Like, a lot of these quarterbacks, like, let's be honest, the casual fan, I mean, Jet fans probably know about a lot of college quarterbacks because every year it feels like they're looking. But, again, like, casual fans and most college fans, they don't really know about a lot of these quarterbacks until the draft process. I do because I study a lot of these quarterbacks and I watch a lot of the film. But really, Lawrence, I mean, we all know because of that first national championship game as a freshman, because of Clemson, how dominant Clemson was in college football, because of Dabo Sweeney, like we knew who Trevor Lawrence was, and he was this gleaming, glittering prize. And it got to the point last year where the Jets were so bad, you were just hoping that they would be able to get him with the first overall pick. And that's one thing. Like the NFL, like I always will say this, teams will never tank even when the organizations want them to. But again, like realistically, I mean, we have only seen this happen before with Andrew Luck, where we saw teams kind of punting on the season and hopefully get him with the number one pick. Colts end up getting him. Jaguars end up giving Trevor Lawrence. But the other thing, too, that I really believe played a huge part in the Jets tanking last year was subconsciously. And Jet fans, you can put in the chat if you agree or disagree with me. But to me, the biggest reason I think the Jets wanted to tank wasn't just to get Trevor Lawrence, but it was to assure that there was no way that on God's green earth that Adam Gase would be the head coach or get a third year. Because to me, that was the biggest underlying fear for Jet fans was that somehow, like in his first year, he'd win a couple games at the end of the year. They would be playing better. Sam Darnold would be playing better. The offense would sound look better and that Christopher Johnson would basically – continue and say like look adam gay showed improvement in the end of the year we have to bring him back for a third year like to me that was the other biggest reason for the tank it was trevor lawrence obviously but fans like to me it was to assure that adam gase would not have a job with that organization going forward like to me that was the other thing that played a big role it wasn't just about getting the quarterback it was outing a horrendous head coach who had created a toxic environment for the Jets. Nick Chapman, I felt sorry for Cam Newton in the Panthers game. He looked so dejected when he was benched in the Panthers game, and Darnold was so bad after getting three wins. We saw the real Sam Donald then. Like, that was the other thing, too. Like, Darnold, like, I laugh. Like, everyone jumped on that narrative so early in the season. Like, oh, my God, Darnold leads the NFL with five rushing TDs. I'm like, well, he's kind of not really a running quarterback. Don't you want to throw it? And, again, he was decent the first three games, but what happened? Christian McCaffrey got hurt. So all of a sudden, he couldn't check it down to half his passes to Christian McCaffrey. And Panthers still had a good offensive line, still had good weapons. And it's kind of funny because Jet fans were kind of reveling. I saw this on Twitter yesterday, too, with Matt Rule's comments after his game in Carolina. And, you know, I was just saying, like, maybe it was a good thing the Jets didn't get Matt Rule because I did. I always heard that, too. Like, oh, the Jets miss out on Matt Rule. The Jets miss out on Matt Rule. I mean, the Panthers are in year two, and they're already trying to fire him. So... Things aren't exactly rosy there either. Um, Katie Hutchinson or Kayvon might actually fall to four. I don't think it's completely out of the round possible. Uh, yeah, it, we always see this guys drop in the draft. I mean, again, it comes down to these evaluations. If a team is desperate for a quarterback at the top, they'll trade up. If the Texans make the decision that they like a quarterback in this draft better than David Davis Mills, they're going to draft the quarterback. And again, I also think a big thing too, I had Thibodeau falling to the Jets in my last mock draft was I had the 
Jaguars, I had Texans going with quarterback. Again, that they're going to be really a key cog in this. But I also had the Jaguars ahead of the Jets taking a meal because they need to protect Trevor Lawrence. And again, yesterday is not the norm because the Jets had no players that could generate a pass rush. They need to protect their franchise quarterback. And I do think that they would err on the side of getting a big side blindside protector and helping Trevor Lawrence out because also I feel the Jaguars after yesterday are feeling pressure. And again, I'm from their seven fans, but they're getting the pressure because Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be this generational player and he looks lost. Zach Wilson outplayed him yesterday. And also I know the Jaguars aren't a good team, but the Jaguars had their team yesterday. The Jets are based. The Jets, like, let's call it as is. Yesterday was the preseason game. Like, I thought that was one thing they said on the broadcast, which I agreed with. It was a preseason game for the Jets. That roster was a preseason roster. You look at the guys they were playing, a lot of those guys shouldn't be in the NFL. And they were they won a game with them. So if you're in Jacksonville right now, I understand they don't have a head coach. But in Jacksonville this morning, in those offices, it's all about how can we make Trevor Lawrence look good in year two? because they're not going to get heat in the media like Zach Wilson would, but there is going to be a growing pressure, like especially if Trevor Lawrence struggles next year because you've wasted two years of the rookie contract. You have this generational player, and you can't get it right. You wasted one year with Urban Meyer. If you don't get the head coaching right again, I mean, they're already saying he's going to be a part of the selection process for that. But if you don't protect him, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't come out looking good next year, where are you going as an organization? Because the Jaguars got a gift. They got a gift. And I do think that this lazy narrative that I was so sick and tired of, and I've been banging the drum about this for the last year, basically, is everyone saying the Jets would have been a worse situation for Trevor Lawrence. You came away from that game yesterday. With the Jets missing a head coach because of COVID, with a Jet team that basically was playing practice squad players because they didn't have enough players to fill a roster, and let's be honest, if the Jets were a play a great team and the Jets were competing for a playoff spot, NFL's moving that game to Tuesday to help get players back. Because it's the Jets and the Jaguars, they didn't care. They're just like, just get the game over with. And the Jets still were able to win. And you feel like the Jets have a better direction. They have draft picks. They have salary cap space and more importantly they have a good young group of players like elijah moore elijah vera tucker michael carr like you see players that can grow around zach wilson james robinson was mishandled this entire season he just tore his achilles he's likely going to be out for a major portion next year they drafted the running back from clemson last year in the first round he's injured who knows how good he's going to be next year so again, like outside of Marvin Jones, what good player does Trevor Lawrence have around him develop? Um, I think it was also mentioned on the broadcast the ability of the coaching staff on both teams. Jets coach staff might be blown up for all we know. I, it, it's getting blow up. I will say this though, like one coach who deserves a job, like if I'm Jackson, the first person I'm calling is Jim Caldwell. How Jim Caldwell does not have a job in the NFL amazes me. And like I know people are going to say, well, he's too old, his age. He got the Lions to winning seasons into a playoff berth. That's all you need to know. Look at the Lions. They're basically the last 50 years without Jim Caldwell in the four years he was there. 
the worst season they have was seven to nine. If I'm the Jaguars, like he's just a stable coach. Like you're like as a head coach right now, like I think Jim Caldwell's a solid hire. Is he going to, I think everyone's trying to find Sean McVay and hit the lottery. But again, like just get a solid coach. That's just going to win football games. Like if I was them, I'd call Jim Caldwell. That was one thing that I was annoying about the Jets coaching service. Like I still like Salah, but I'm like, can we give Jim Caldwell a call? I mean, please. I mean, he all he did was win games in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, shocker. I know, but, um, you know, I think he deserves a job. I would like to see him get another opportunity. I think Jacksonville would be a great place for him. He's an offensive coach. He's got a good system. He's had a proven tracker. And look, outside of Sean McVay, the best years of Matt Stafford's career were under Jim Caldwell. So, again, the only thing I'd worry about Jacksonville is, like, they're so loopy. Like, are, are they going to fire hire some, like, hotshot coordinator like I would just try to find like to me like Jim Caldwell is the safest bet as a head coaching hire. Like if I'm the Raiders, I'd be calling Jim Caldwell. If I'm the Jaguars, I'm calling Jim Caldwell. Like Jim Caldwell should have a job in the NFL next year. Now if they go with Eric Bieniemy, maybe that's another way they could go. But again, we're talking a lot about the Jaguars and not the Jets. So, um, but again, big win for the Jets. Thought Zach Wilson played well. And again, with this draft, like the Jets still are going to have, they still have the fourth and sixth pick. And they can do a lot with that. They can move back. They can get additional picks. They could trade back and get a good receiver. They can get a good offensive lineman. They could draft the, I don't think they're going to draft Linderbaum really early, but if the Jets trade the fourth pick back to like eight or nine, grabbed a couple more picks and then drafted the center Linderbaum there, that could happen. Again, I don't see Singley going. I don't see the Jets drafting Hamilton in the top five. I just don't think like everyone loves him from LSU. But again, like the injuries, the con- I'm just too concerned about the injuries. Like even at the checkout, like you can't stay healthy in college. I'm, I think the Jets have also been burned by that with Mackay Beckton. Like they tr- took a guy who has all the upside, but again, wasn't completely healthy in college. And that's come back to hurt you. Aside from player argues, do you see any areas the Jets can prove their front office or coaching staff? Um, that's a great question, KD. Um, the front office, I mean, Joe Douglas, I mean, could they maybe get better scouts? But again, I think they did a good job last year in the draft. The only way I could see the coaching staff prove is maybe if they can somehow upgrade the defensive coordinator position. But again, how much is it an old brick and how much of it is that this team's just decimated by injury? I mean, even like we forget because it was so long ago. I mean, this the first four weeks of the season, the Jets defense looked really good. And then they started to lose too many pieces and they just haven't been able to recover. And I don't think Sal is going to do that. And again, I think Salah feels pretty comfortable because if Salah really felt like oh, there was a ton of pressure or like he was in deep trouble, the first thing you see is a coach fire an assistant. I mean, we saw that with Joe Judge this year with the Giants, where basically they moved on from Jason Garrett. And the ironic thing is the offense got worse when they moved on from Jason Garrett. Uh, a lot to say about the Giants, but uh, this is also, we're talking about the Jets today, so I'll keep it there. Um, but that's a good question. I don't really see a lot changing. I think you're going to see a lot of player personnel. Like, again, I think the Jets have a good special teams coach. They have a good offensive coordinator. I mean, the one thing it will be interesting to see – and and thanks for bringing this up, Kid. Is what did they do with the quarterbacks coach? I know that they brought in Zach Wilson's BYU coach. They make him the full time coach because again, 
Greg Knapp, the unfortunate passing, like that also has played a huge impact to the way this Jet organization was structured because he was supposed to be the quarterback coach. And one of the criticisms I had is they've had so many guys coaching Wilson that he's got like three or four voices in his head. So do they streamline that and make him basically the quarterback coach next year? That that to me is going to be the only difference. I think we need a game changer on offense. I'd love to see if we can get someone like Allen Robinson. Again, like I think the Jets too, the other thing we don't talk about with these draft picks is can they go out and make a play for players? Because um, we've seen it with a lot of teams that have used draft picks to get their young quarterback an elite receiver. DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona. We've seen Stefan Diggs in Buffalo. Do I think the Bears would trade Allen Robinson for a third-round pick? And if they were, I would try to do that if I'm the Jets. Because, again, like I, I like some of the receivers in this draft, but Allen Robinson's a proven receiver. You put him on the outside. You have Corey Davis on the other side. You have uh, Elijah Moore in the middle. And, again, Allen Robinson, you're going to have to pay him. But again, I do think you're going to pay him less than Devontae Adams. And again, I'm not sure if Devontae Adams, like I'd love to see him with the Jets. But again, I just feel like I just have a feeling in Green Bay. They're going to do everything to keep Aaron happy this offseason. They're going to give him a new contract. And because if he's staying there, Devontae Adams isn't leaving. So they'll they'll work it out. Um, yeah, like I could see them maybe using receiver on the receiver in the first round, depending on where they're picking. Um, but again, like I, the draft picks, like we've seen Joe Douglas. This is one thing I kind of want to see this offseason. We've seen him trade players for draft picks and get good return. I would like to see him try to use those draft picks in order to get a player in return. Um, he's never really done that in his career. He loves these draft picks, but again, if he can get good value for those draft picks and get a bona fide receiver, I would definitely look into that, and I do think that would be beneficial to not only this team, but for Zach Wilson's development. Again, like we've seen, you can never have too many playmakers. I mean, some people have like criticized the Bengals and the Cowboys for getting too many receivers, but again, you look at where they are today and how well they're doing and where they're positioned that they can make a playoff run, it's because they have those playmakers. So again, I could see them really going hard. Again, if you're new to the channel guys make sure you hit that subscribe button uh make sure you uh make sure you uh comment in the chat how about todd bulls the bucks coach to the jags do you think they want him nick i do think bulls is gonna get another opportunity but if i'm the jaguars there's a different coach on that staff i want and that's byron leftwich uh byron leftwich has been a great offensive coordinator and even the year before brady got there he was Jameis winston probably had his best season and, uh, I mean, working with Tom Brady, I guarantee you he's learned a lot. And to me, it just would make way too much sense. I mean, Byron Leftwich played with the Jaguars. It would be like a coming home. He knows that organization. He was he grew up in that organization. I think it would be a home run with the fans <clears throat> just because I think the fan base feels burned by the Urban Meyer hire. I just think that would be a home run. And, again, you are bringing in a guy who was a former quarterback with that organization to work with the current quarterback in that organization. And you're talking about a quarterback, a coach that's now worked with arguably the greatest quarterback of all time and Tom Brady, who's won a Super Bowl, probably going to make a playoff run this year. 
if I'm the Jaguars, like I would go hard after Byron Leftwich. And if Byron Leftwich doesn't have a job, I will be shocked next year. I just think him to Jacksonville, it just makes too much sense. Again, is there anything personal with, between him and that organization where I don't think there's any bad blood? I don't know. But again, from what I believe, if he doesn't have any gripes with the organization, I just think it would be a perfect fit, a perfect marriage, just because, again, I think the fan base would love it. And you're bringing and what they need to do is bring in someone to help Trevor Lawrence. I don't think you can get any better than bringing in a former quarterback who's had success in the NFL, someone that's worked in that organization before and has had successful offenses with Tom Brady and had basically Jameis Winston's best year under him. I mean, to me, that's a home run hire. Um, I think that's the first person. If you're Jacksonville, you call, I think second is Jim Caldwell. I mean, Tim, Todd Bowles, uh, the, the, I love Todd. I like Todd Bowles. Sorry. I like him. I think he deserves another opportunity, but for me, I think Bowles needs to go to a place with an established quarterback where he can improve the defense. Like if he's going to get a head coaching job next year, maybe Las Vegas because Derek Carr is an established quarterback. Can he help improve the defense, help slow down Justin Herbert, help slow down Patrick Mahomes potentially. But again, like if you're asking Bulls to go with a young quarterback or try to develop a young quarterback, I don't think it works. Like I think Vegas is the best place for him. But again, we'll see how that works out. But if I if I'm Jacksonville, I'm calling about uh, about uh, left, which I'm surprised, guys. We've got more. I feel like more Jaguars question than Jet questions today. Um, Going to wrap this up soon, but again, guys, if you're new to the channel, we do previews, so we'll be previewing the Buccaneer matchup on Friday at 10 a.m. Make sure you join us for that. Actually, um, looking at my schedule, we're going to do that at noon on Friday. apologize about that, so we're going to do that at noon. Make sure you join us on Friday for that. Uh, any questions in the ch- – more questions for the chat today? I mean, I am surprised, Dan. We're getting more Jaguar questions than Jets questions today. I'm like, I didn't know Jacksonville had fans. Uh, <laughs> uh, so appreciate the questions as always, guys. Um, you know, one of my favorite comments from Capo was Daniel Jones, David Brown, 2.0. Uh, man, I I don't know what the Giants are doing. Like, I mean, people say the Jets are a mess, but like, I will say this: like, the Jets don't have leaks anymore. The Jets. The Jets this year, they're just a young, bad football team. But they're not doing anything in the media that's embarrassing or saying anything embarrassing. I mean, the Giants this year, the owner's been kicking over trash cans. I mean, we've been hearing all the crazy stuff about Joe Judge. They had the whole fiasco with the medium Pepsis for the ticket owners last week. And now this week it's come out from Schefter that they're going to bring back not only Joe Judge, but Daniel Jones next year, despite... Daniel Jones not getting a clear bill of health on his neck next year. And uh, I mean, the Giants are in a tough position because I feel like they're kind of like the worst version of the Browns with Baker Mayfield, where they're looking at the draft this year and they're going, don't really like any of these quarterbacks. I know we're picking high, but don't really like any of this. It's like we might as well use up Daniel's contract and not give him the fifth year's option. 
do you think David Gellman is not on the hot seat? Oh, no, he's he's gone. I think Giant fans are going to be mad because I think what's going to happen at the end of the year is Giant fans want blood and they want to see Gettleman fired, but I don't think he's going to get fired. I think that he's going to retire at the end of the year and it will be a mutual retirement at the end of the year. But again, I've been saying this on Twitter. Um, Once again, you can follow us at Rich Sports Talk. I think the Giants are going to be the Jets 2.0 which is one of the reasons the Jets have been a debacle for a decade is because the Jets tried this in 2012. Instead of clearing house, they said, you got to keep Rex Ryan. And that that limited the pool of people that wanted to come and work as the general manager, and the Jets were stuck getting John Idzik. I mean, we've seen this kind of with Adam Gase. Like This is, to me, really the first year the Jets have gotten it right where They have the general manager. They have the general manager pick the head coach he wants to work with, and they both work together. And surprise, surprise, the players that the Jets drafted look a lot better this year. The players seem to be fitting the scheme a lot better. Um, So, um, yeah, I just think that the Giants are going to be the Jets 2.0 because I think they're not going to get a great general manager candidate. I think they're going to probably promote someone with it in. And, again, it it sends a bad message which is Joe judge has too much power. Um, I mean, you're basically saying like, Hey, this great head coach. And it's come out too about Mara thinking he's the next Parcells or Belichick. I mean, the guy has 10 wins in two seasons. Um, Not great. Um, Yesterday's win doesn't mean nothing to me. Improvement still needs to be made. Of course. I think the O-line did some good things. Like in line, I I think the O-line despite everything played well. I mean, Zach played well. I mean, Zach's accuracy, I think, is getting a lot better. I mean, it would help, too. Again, the drops are killing him. But, I mean, the Croft, I think it was the Croft play. I think you're talking about, too, where he rolled out, missed the tight end short. But, again, I think he's getting healthier. The knee's getting healthier. And it's something he can work on. I mean, think about this. Like, one of the nice things for Wilson this year is he can spend this offseason working on his mechanics, working on his touch, working on the mechanical parts of playing quarterback because he'll be in the same system. He'll still learn the nuances of the system and the growth in the system, but he's not like Justin Fields or have to learn completely new offensive systems, complete balls, new cadences from the ground up. So I do think that that's going to help Wilson's development is that he can focus on mechanics this off season, um, which should help. But again, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, the Giants and the Jets both at four and eleven, but you feel like the two franchises are going completely different directions. Where the Jets are trending upwards, they have cap space, they have mobility. I mean, the Giants, like of all the teams, that are in the bottom five. Like the Giants are in the worst mess. They are in cap hell. They're in. I think I looked it up yesterday. Going into the offseason, they have two million dollars of cap space. And they can't really free up contracts to do to do anything because they've got so much guaranteed money in players. I think the most they can get to is maybe ten million. But again, I'm looking at the Giants right now, and I'm going, they're in a cap hell. We don't know who the general manager is. They know they're going to run it back with their head coach and their quarterback. I mean, say what you will about the Lions, but the Lions have a ton of draft picks, and at least they can get away with Jared Goff for at least another year or two. I mean, the Jaguars at least have a young quarterback that they hope can be good. The Jets have a young quarterback and draft picks that they are trying to build around. And even the Texans, I mean, 
They found a guy that is a serviceable quarterback. And on top of that, they're probably going to get a haul for Deshaun Watson if they can trade him. So, I mean, you just look at the Giants right now. Like, it's the scary thing is it's like it's bad for the Giants, but it could get a lot worse. And again, guys, if you're new, you can join us here every week. Make sure you join us and, and subscribe to the Ole Miss for content, including mock drafts we do throughout the season. You can also check us out on Twitter using the handle at Rich Sports Talk. Um, we would love to hear from you guys on Twitter. We post a lot there, especially during the games and doing live recaps during the games and live reaction. Um, Nick Chaplin, I think Zach is in good hands. He's a rookie. It's all mental with him. He will be fine. I agree, Nick. And look, he's he's gotten better every week since the injury. And he's playing with more confidence. And look, I really like the way he's been playing. And I think we're seeing growth. And that's the biggest thing. You want to see growth over these last couple games. But again, guys, that's going to do for us here today. Thank you so much for joining us as always. We will see you back here on Friday as we preview the matchup against the Buccaneers. And, of course, we'll have original Jet content videos throughout the year. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss anything. And, of course, check out the community page on our YouTube channel where we will be putting polls. We'll be reaching out to the community, what you guys want to watch and view going forward. And, again, once again, if you want to get my live reaction to the game, follow us on Twitter at the handle at Rich Sports Talk. But until next time, I'm your host, Owen Rich. Thanks for joining us. Jets with a big win. Zach Wilson playing great and having the run of the season and probably the highlight of the Jets season with an incredible 52-yard touchdown run. Thanks, as always, guys. We'll see you later this week.